It's funny. People always be like, don't forget about the little people. It's like, why do they refer themselves as little anyway, you know? Why don't you just get big with me, girl? They can see it in my eyes. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of John's Untitled Podcast. Uh, I want to take a minute right off the top to thank everyone who's been listening to some of the past tracks that are already out. Uh, it's mainly the Fallon Bowman, Porter McKnight, Nicholas Maruso, and the Frank Finelli episodes, all of which you can find over on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever basically you find your podcasts, you should be able to find mine. You know, it's kind of one of the beauties of, of podcasts, and you know, when you stumble across an episode with somebody that brings you into uh, a specific podcast, and then you're able to go through the back, uh, back episodes and... That's kind of one of the things I enjoy about doing this specific podcast is that uh, I like to get people that you're not really finding a whole lot of other places, and if you do, then we're not really discussing, you know, typical things. Uh, you know, like with Porter from Atreyu, doesn't really do a lot of long-form interviews that I've seen, and dude's kind of a really interesting person, and a few times I've had been able to chat with him before. Always was a solid time, and I think that episode's very indicative of just uh, how easygoing he is, and a lot of the cool things that he likes to do, and photography and all that kind of stuff and Fallon was someone I've always really admired and uh you know she doesn't really do a whole lot of long-form interviews at all that I had seen uh and you know with her doing archaeology and stuff like that was definitely a person that I thought had a lot of cool stories to tell and obviously a lot of you have thought the same as well and uh look forward to having her on very soon to start our Deftones discography run through uh starting with Adrenaline so for all you Deftones fans, we are probably going to nerd out hardcore uh, over the next uh, next year going through their discography, and uh, we've actually been chatting about how we're going to be seeing them uh, in the next few months. Uh, her, I think she's going to Toronto, and I'm going to be seeing them in Detroit and in Denver uh, on my vacation, so that'll be a lot of fun, so look forward to that. Um, I had mentioned uh, how the tracks are doing really well across different uh, platforms. Uh, speaking of different platforms that you can find me on, uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram at John's Untitled Podcast. You can tweet me at John's Untitled Pod, or if you want to email me, you can email me at John's Untitled Pod.com. Dot com? I don't have a dot com yet. <laughs> at John's Untitled Pod at gmail.com. You know, I've been getting a lot of uh, comments on some of the stuff I've been posting lately. I'm trying to be more active on, on them, trying to figure out what people actually enjoy seeing and what they don't give a fuck about. So uh, it's always fun. Probably be seeing a lot of uh, new records I've been purchasing and some adventures I, I'm going to be going on. Like I said, I have a trip to Denver, so I'll probably be posting uh, a lot of things I do there, whether it be beers or breweries we're going to. I think there's tentatively a plan to go to Red Rocks to go see a show, so uh, anyone who's into live music, that's definitely a destination venue, I think, for just about anybody here in the United States or maybe even abroad. Um, so I'm really looking forward to you know, seeing what Denver has to offer as far as you know, venues and beers and record stores and all those fun things that are interests of mine and maybe they are of yours so if that sounds interesting to you then follow me on all those and let's interact so without further ado this is my chat with uh skylar chrome 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 i never actually asked i believe i'm fucking it up one way or the other so um we'll just go with skylar um he is of the band he is legend that's a bit redundant but uh they have a new album coming out few uh and then it will be yeah. As of when I post this, it'll be out on Friday, um, so it's not out yet, but I got the record 
from the Talk To Me podcast. Joshua Toomey uh, is starting up his website over at TalkToMePod.com. I did a review of the record leading up to that about a few days beforehand. Uh, he is legend came through on that Norma Jean tour here in Grand Rapids. Once I ended up getting this the new album to review, I had the idea to ask Eiler some background info on the record or ask him some questions through an email. And in the process of doing that, it dawned on me why not fucking do a podcast and discuss the record and uh, maybe a little bit about the touring after you know they dropped Heavy Fruit, which was you know a phenomenal comeback record for them and. They ended up touring with my friends in Wilson, and you know, just a, a lot to just discuss over the last like little bit. Um, now that they've kind of come back over the last year and a half or so, so this is basically that chat. And like I said, if you go over to the talktomepod.com, you can find the review I did where I pull some of the quotes from from this interview, and. That was a lot of fun, and hopefully you'll be seeing some more of my writing over there, uh, reviewing albums and so forth, and hopefully it creates more content for me over here on this end. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Skylar. with the album Few. You guys, uh, this is your second record since being back. And what made you decide to go the crowdfunding route as opposed to the tired and true way of going through a label, asking for money, having to borrow it, probably never recoup your costs and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> I, think, I think you just answered your own question. There's supposed um, to be a little bit of sarcasm in there. I guess my right. voice didn't inflect it good enough. Um, well, I think that we, you know, I think that there was, there, we were very scared at first about how on punk rock it is to, to do this crowdfunding situation. And, you know, we, we sat and studied a lot of other people's, um, campaigns to try to figure out like the, the, the ins and outs and, and what was positive about it, what was negative about it, what. You know, there there was a lot that could have been hokey, I guess, or like you know, kind of kind of uh, like cliche about about doing it. So, in looking at it, we just kind of wanted to be true to form and true to the fans, and and make sure that it was everything we was do we were doing like made sense for for the fans. You know, because it essentially came down to us just. We didn't want to go backwards, you know. We didn't want to make a make an album for less than we made Heavy Fruit with. So it really all boiled down to working backwards from the budget and saying, you know, this is how much we need for said project, and this is how much you know the perks are going to cost. So let's just get down to brass tacks and, and figure out if if you know if the kids wanted a record. Um, and and we were completely caught off guard by the response and so humbled by the fact that it all went down that way. I mean, it, you know, up until right at right around the end of the process, we were like, shit, how do we get this in stores worldwide? Like, you know, how do we have a, a release date? When are we going to release it? Did we even Hit entertain the, right the idea? 
Well, well, I mean, entertain the idea of going with a record label just because we knew that that distribution thing was was a tough nut to crack, you know. Um, so for us, I mean, that was when Spine Farm kind of came in because we knew we needed marketing and we needed we needed to to have the album come out everywhere and and to actually have a push, um, unlike other records that we've done. So it was kind of a no brainer at the. You know, once we sat down and said this is this can be done well and and we can do it and not be you know silly about it, um, and I think it just ended up being a really positive thing for the band and morale. You know, like um, it gave us a really big boost, so we were all really happy about that. But yeah, so humbling to see the fans just take control and and be stoked about what happened. You know, um, and it shows even more in the and sh- like. You know, at the live shows now, like kids are just like stoked to be a part of it, and you know, we can't be happier. You had said that you had looked at other crowdfunding campaigns to see how they did to kind of get inspiration for what you would eventually do. What goes into choosing, you know, Kickstarter over GoFundMe over Pledge Music over whatever other sources there are, and then what what goes into the perks that you know you offer? Um, well, we had had some, some very, like, uh, we have really good friends in the, the Freaker team. They're just like a, like a novelty beer koozie kind of thing, but they, they did really well on Kickstarter when they did theirs and, uh, asking them, you know, what, what would be better off for us. I think, uh, you know, back, back when we started this, I don't know that there was a, that there was like a GoFundMe or or like Pledge Music. I don't think that those had really started off. So we were really dealing with with very few of these crowdfunding sites. I think Patreon might have been one of them that we that we looked into, um, but that was more of a it's like a I guess it's more like a monthly type thing, like you know, kind of kind of for sustainability. Um, right. We noticed a lot of bands on Indiegogo, and. Um, I think like protest the hero was one of the bands that we saw first and we were like, Oh, they made they you know, they, they made a, a large sum of money doing that. And, um, so that was kind of a no brainer only because it was, it's it just, we saw so much music being funded on that site. Right. And they also had the option of, of doing, um, like an all or nothing campaign where, where if we didn't meet our mark, we got no money. That was one of the things that like, we were pretty adamant about doing, like we didn't want to cheapen it. And we also wanted it to be like, you know, to, to be as important as it could be and to, and, you know, to put some sense of urgency behind it, um, to make the goal. So, yeah, that was kind of how we chose Indiegogo, I think, because they had those options and that it all seemed a little more user-friendly on our part. Um, and, you know, so so we did the video and basically just paid out of pocket for for that to, to make that video. And, and we promote a little bit and then just, watch, just sat and waited. I think the perks were more of us just looking at other bands and what they had done for perks. And, and a lot of them did kind of seem like silly, you know, like, which I mean is, is fine, but with certain things like, you know, like coming to your high school and having a <laughs> chicken, chicken sandwich party, you know, like <laughs> I've just, 
I couldn't get behind, like, none of us could really get behind anything like that. So, you know, I mean, like, the Lifetime guest list was was a cool idea. And, like, you know, people actually got that and have been using it. And it's awesome to see that, like, that coming to fruition. Because it's, it's such a young process now. And, you know, the, the vinyls will be going out this month, like, with the, the hard copies of the CDs and stuff. It's, like, it's almost done, you know. We're just waiting till we can like delete that that site, which you know it's like the end of the end of the era. But um, yeah, I mean the perks they came out of just like kind of wanting wanting to stick with this cult following that he as legend has had. So in making designs like back patches and stuff, things that are like you know not like not far out not intangible and like stuff that kids would want to buy anyway you know or that a label would do when they put out an album so doing packages was was kind of like the easy the easy one at first you know um just like but then but then like using our artists and friends that that came out of the woodwork that wanted to help like you know um at that time they're called south castles now they were called castles couture um they did the smoking jacket friends of ours uh Jewel, a jewelry designer friend of ours did you know and like a piece based off a necklace that i i had for years and um we had a we had a friend make a like a action figure that went really well you know and just like <laughs> things like that yeah they did like the gardener action right. figure which was which was cool um but yeah things like that just kind of uh with a little help from our friends i guess you know just just getting them to to kind of step out and we were showcasing their talents and and they were helping us to to really jump this off so it worked out really well in the end with the success of of the crowdfunding as a whole did you find that when it finally came time to make the record that there's more pressure on you to put out this specific record due to the fact that oh, it was yeah. funded by the fans as opposed to borrowing money from a label absolutely i mean it well you know we had had the record pretty much lined up. Um, the pre-production we that was done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we knew we were going to make it regardless. It was just, you know, was it going to be lo-fi done in a done in a bedroom or done in the studio that we we're used to doing things in? And um, so, I mean, obviously, when when we reached our goal and surpassed it, the you know, it, it just became more important and more like the urgency to, to make a, a killer legend record was, was there, you know, like, because what it was like a gift from our fans, you know, essentially looking at it, like it was, it was as if they were like, okay, yes, you do deserve to do this. So here you go. And just, you know, make a killer album we knew we had some really good material for few, but I think more things came out of the woodwork during the process, just because there was like a sense of urgency. There was a, a you know, this humbling feeling that our fans gave us this opportunity, you know, and we didn't have to rely on a label to tell us they couldn't afford it or they didn't want to do this or that, or, you know, and, and, there again like we were out of our contract with tragic hero and it was just like you know this dawn this new age of what's going on in music where like 
hip hoppers are dropping their Mixed albums. And all that. Yeah, yeah, without without explanation, you know, overnight and there's huge success in that. I think that the that the crowdfunding thing, if done right for said band that has, you know, a following to to ask for help for, it's um I just think it's a new a new era, you know, and it was it was nice for us to kind of prove to ourselves that we could do that um because we could have just we could have easily renegotiated our contract and made made another album that you know is put in the in this position or this place but just all of us as a core like when we were sitting around talking about it it seemed like it just it needed to be something different and that was the the obvious you know the obvious end to you know means to an end do you think the record would have sounded any different I mean, since you had already kind of pre-proed it and kind of knew what it was going to be, do you feel like it would have been different if it was released through a traditional record label stance? Or, um, I don't know, because I mean, I don't think it would be much different. I know that we, you know, we have our format down for in-studio work. You know, we, um, we've been doing this now since you know after suck out the poison. Um, we've been going to Warrior Sound in, in Chapel Hill, um, Carborough area. Um, so that, that's like, uh, it's kind of where we feel safe to record. So it's like, um, for us, it doesn't really, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't see that it would have been much different in the end because when we're there, we kind of shut off to the world and we just, you know, we make the music that we make. And seeing as how we had the, you know, the songs written before and during the crowdfunding, you know, when we were ticking off the numbers, it was like, okay, like we're ready to get in the studio. We just need to know how it's going to go down. So, right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it being too much different, but at the same time, you know, I think we were, we were given a freedom from the crowdfunding site that we wouldn't have had, you know, we would have rushed. We would have been spending our own money out of, out of pocket. Right. Um, so there was like, you know, we were given some like a more creative freedom to sit and like be diligent and, and do our work in a different way because we, we had no time constraints. Right. Speaking to that end, um, I know like when misery signals did their document or their crowdfunding, uh for absent light and a few other bands like you had mentioned uh protest the hero when you have when you hit your goal and you have maybe excess money to do more things with did you find that maybe you experimented a little more with adding little bells and whistles to songs that maybe you wouldn't have if you were under more of a financial crunch and if so is there a specific example on the record of of that time being able to add to the songs you know i don't i don't think that that ever really played into what we were doing so much I think that when, like I said, like when we are, when we're in the studio, we, we kind of shut ourselves off and everyone takes their own time to do their part. Um, I know that we, you know, the, the cabin that, that the infamous cabin that we stayed in, um, (laughs) was, it was more of a, more of a perk on our end to just something that we wanted to do really badly. You know, we could have stayed at, a, a different you know like we could have stayed at a hotel or something there's less anim, you know or more 
anonymity there and it, it does seem like a it's just a strange situation you know like where you, where you're housing yourself during the recording of a record and and the cabin was really something that we were stoked about and it was you know it just kind of fell in our laps ended up being cheaper than we thought it was just an interesting place because it, it's like used for weddings or oh, wow. or that that area is used for you know to host events and stuff and we were there in the dead of winter so it was just like you know bare and um gave a really different feel but i don't but i don't think the the having excess money really did anything other than provide a small amount of cushion for us to really get get everything done and and pay for the studio time and the and the perks that we that we had made you know i mean also like there were certain things that came and you know ended up being way more than we had budgeted for like you know mixing and mastering and and uh shipping of of said products like i mean that was like those are things that you can't really calculate until you know, like you're like, you, you can assume that most of it's going to be shipping out in the U S and then realize that, Oh wait, we've got like, you know, $50 shipping costs to, to Japan or something, you know, those, those things can just jump out and bite you. So yeah. Um, learned, I've learned yeah. That with vinyl shipping. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, it's, so it's, that's that in and of itself was, um, you know, we were lucky to to have a little have gone over, and um, you know, all the all of the the money that was allotted for that we budgeted out and really spoke spoke for was was pretty much spent the day that that the money was transferred. Like we wrote the checks and put them all out there for you know for all of it. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting, like daunting thing to just be like, okay, <laughs> here we go, let's. Uh, we just made this money. Let's get rid of it, you know. <laughs> um, this is the second record now with, um, air quoting, new lineup, uh, new er at this point. Yeah. Does it feel like a second album for the band at this point with the newer members, or does it feel? And I, I mean, with you having been in the band for as you know since the beginning, right? Probably doesn't feel like that to you. But does it? Did the air of everything kind of feel like? This, the renewed energy of like, all right, here's our second record. Here's us, you know, still trying to prove, you know, that the, the heavy fruit wasn't a fluke. Like we're back. We're able to put out a solid right. record again. And I don't know if my question's Ye making quite enough sense, but no, it makes it makes perfect sense. I, I we definitely there is new life and like a new a new push to to what we've been doing. Heavy fruit was under the radar, I'd say for for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, which is understandable, you know, um, just because we came out of nowhere and and there was not really a push for the record, but this just seems like we're we've been making the right moves and it and it has all come from the the new life that the band has, you know. I mean, we've obviously hitting harder and and you know we're on the road more. It's just like you know it isn't it is it is new life. I mean, the the core members are still there. Me, Adam, and Matt are like you know, since day one, we, we get along. We, this is the reason why we can still do this is because we, we've always been best friends and there is no, like, there's no question of our loyalty. So, right. Um, I think that's why we still have the sound that we have, but at the end of the day, this is, yeah, I think it is like proof that 
it is a new era of of he is legend and that that it's you know it is it is kind of one of those things that we we had to prove ourselves to ourselves in order to to make it happen but yeah i mean i think the fans can see it i know that we feel it there is a there's a, a striking difference in the way that we you know our discipline now our work ethic our just all of it you know is we just feel like a you know more productive more positive you know the the good vibes are here to stay i think you know yeah there there used to be a lot of negativity in the band just just due to being jaded and 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 you know just unhappy with where we were being placed by I think it's un- record labels you know so, I think it's understandable um, yeah i mean you know after x amount of years on the road and you're just you know you're not getting a new, being, new level well, yeah, not reaching another level, or <coughs> pardon, not not really, you know, not not being placed in the in the areas that you feel like you deserve to be more, you know, like we've always felt like a just like a rock and roll band, you know, and then when when you're being put with like you know these kind of teeny bopper highlighter bands in the early two thousands or mid two thousand, you know, like two thousand seven and eight when we were putting out it hates you and you know just that album probably should have done crazy things you know um but it just did it and i mean that's the luck of the draw with with tons of bands but i think that was where our our mental instability came after that record was said and done we we thought we were sitting on gold you know and uh and just to to watch it kind of just be like ah well you know we're not gonna you know we can't do this and that it's just it's just strange so uh, the you know the little break that we took was much needed and and you know we we had to find ourselves again in in the in the midst of all like the where the music was going which has definitely changed i mean the state of the world right now i feel like is going to bring really great rock bands back out of the woodwork you know for sure no, it was kind of, I mean, speaking, I mean, to you making a comment about how uh, Heavy Fruit kind of flew under the radar, I feel like in the traditional sense of it not getting much push through typical media outlets and such, I definitely agree yeah. with that. I think the thing, though, is from my perspective of just, you know, booking shows and being always aware of right. shows coming around to review them or just go to them or whatever, that it seemed like you guys hit the road and re-sparked interest in you by being the being back and being a great live band so much to the point like i remember seeing you guys pop up on a couple other tours but it really wasn't until you guys toured with wilson like they're from around this area yeah. buddies of yeah, mine, yeah yeah that really i was like oh shit players. like i f- forgot that you know you guys are actually touring and it, you know the fact you're able to do a headline run on at right. least that run that i saw like doing pretty decent rooms uh and stuff yeah. like that it was nice to see a band that had taken time away and coming back and being able to kind of maybe either get back to the level where they left off or I kind of feel like actually getting a little bit further ahead than where you left off from what I remember. Um, yeah. Just yeah, to mean, the excitement I, of the we band. We felt that. We totally, yeah, we felt that for sure. I mean, especially with that Wilson tour being like the, the arena we we wanted to be in the whole time, you know, like like more of a rock and roll scene, more of like, you know, I mean that that tour was definitely a party, you know, um, which is <laughs> it always which is. is what. Well, that's what Wilson's good for, and they're 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 like you know very very good friends of ours, and and 
being out with them was just, you know, another way of like rejuvenating this, this feeling of what's going on around us, you know, I mean, and, and the same thing with Norma Jean. I mean, they've, they've kind of come full circle in a lot of different ways. And, and for us to be out with them, it's just like something that, you know, like it's been talked about and talked about for years and years and we never did it. And we finally did it last year, like almost a year to the date from this tour that you just saw us on. Right. Um, and it just makes sense because we were, you know, we were friends. We grew up around it, and it was, it was like, you know, this is a, a good, really good bill. Um, that's kind of where we are now. Is just like playing the waiting game to see what we're gonna do when we get back from Europe, and and uh, really trying to play our cards right. You know, it's 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 a, it is a chess game pretty much with with things like this, but. Um, I think that with this new album, there's, you know, there's a, there's even more life that's, that's coming out of us. So we're, uh, we're lucky, you know, we're very lucky, especially to, to have fans like ours, you know, like that's something that, that we couldn't be th more thankful for. Well, we keep skirting around the issue of this new record, but we haven't really talked about the record right. itself a whole lot. Right, so right. let's, let's kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, for me, listening to this record over the last, I think I've had it for a week and a half now, um, mm -hmm. something that's interesting to me as a musician, in in the slightest sense, <laughs> is uh, I usually find the, the music first and kind of then pay attention to the me vocal melodies and then kind of focus on lyrics kind of last. Right. Um, with you being the lyricist and listening to this album and kind of seeing how dynamic everything is from being, you know, like the, the first two songs even, like, they're pretty different um and the yeah. whole album has a, a lot of different vibes um how hard is it to come up with vocals for it or even vocal cadences to go over the differing parts um i mean that's been the name of the game for me since uh you know day one um and i think that's just the the dichotomy that we've agreed upon i guess you know um adam and i we work well together in that way where, you know, we have a, like a hundred percent trust ratio when it comes to what we're doing. So I know that he has, you know, it almost, he almost writes as a, you know, like, like it would be instrumental um, to him, but he also has vocals in mind and never brings them to the table you know i mean like but that's kind of the fun part where it's like you know jigsaw falling into place we we trust each other in studio to to never disappoint um and you know it is that like childlike nature of you know when when it's we get the same feeling that we did when we were 18 when you're pulling out all the stops and you know it's kind of like shrouded for a while because you know when we're in our rehearsal space i can't hear the extra guitar parts or you know the little the little nuances or and of the soundscapes that are created until all is said and done so right you know i mean little you know one little bend could take my vocal melody to a completely different world you know and and i've i've always said that you know with with adam and and you know knowing how proficient matt is and and just knowing what i'm gonna get when the skeleton is there that 
you know, there's a doorway painted and my job is to really create the story behind that door, you know, and, um, I've always relished the fact that, that I'm, I'm given that opportunity, but also like it, it's a, it's an interesting thing to, to play with, you know, I mean, I've always loved like wordplay and, and, and trying to, trying to make these, these songs into stories rather than, you know, I mean, I do also love the, the love song aspect of, of writing music. Cause that's what it, it's all about, you know, and personifying some sort of idea into, you know, the love or loss. One of the two is always, it's always made it, you know, an interesting task for me. This was a daunting record for sure. For what, you know, the reasons we talked about it just being personal and for the fans. And so that made it, you know, it made it a little, a little more, to where I would I would either go crazy on a night and just like you know rip pages out of a notebook and <laughs> and and rewrite in the morning or like you know like just like half a bottle of wine deep and just like you know find something gold in this like you know living in this ancient like hundred year old cabin just like drinking wine to stay warm. I think it was uh, you know little things like that that happened when when nobody's looking or like the things that you, you can barely explain. And, you know, I can hear them on the record. I, I know where those things are, but I mean, finding nuances like that vocally or it's, it's different because, you know, you're, you're in a booth and you're taxing your body rather than your, you know, your, your muscle memory or your, you know, or your talent. It, for me, it has more to do with, with trying to recreate a live show, trying to have, you know, it's like that old one more time with feeling, you know I mean? That's <laughs> right. That should be every time. And it's so, it's difficult to find an audience in your head when you're, when you're recording vocals and to, to show that enthusiasm on record, you know, it's, it's a very difficult task, but it's, uh, it's super, it's super fun and, and, uh, really rewarding once you, once you finally, you know, get the right take or, you know, hear it, hear it all said and done. It's just like, you know, it's it's all worth it. But when yeah, that's that. Go ahead. I was gonna say when looking at the lyrics alone, because uh, sometimes, sometimes, and, and I'm sure if you are a music collector, or just a, a yeah. music aficionado to per se, like sometimes when you try to read the lyrics in addition to listening to everything, it just kind of can't take it all in at the same time. So sometimes right. I like to look at the lyrics and just kind of look at them as written words, almost like a book, uh, as a story, as a narrative, whatever you want to put on it. Yeah. And I felt that, and this is going to kind of segue into something else I felt about uh, one of the songs in general, but I felt looking at it lyrically, it reminded me a lot of some of like my favorite vocalists. Like it kind of reminded me a little bit of like, like you were already saying the wordplay. One of my favorite lyricists just because of that is Keith Buckley of Every Time I Die. Like his wordplay is phenomenal. And reminded me a little bit of that with some of the the wordplay you have in in some of the songs. Um, There's parts that in conjunction with the the music itself kind of reminded me a little bit of Scott Weiland. Um, and I don't know if yeah, that's I'm, an influence I'm, at all, but there's, I definitely felt absolutely. a little STP vibe to some of the songs and parts, but in Fritz, the dog, the way the song is uh, musically and then the kind of lyrical vibe you went for, I get a, a faith, no more zombie eaters vibe to me. Yeah. 
And I yeah, yeah. I have no that's idea cool. if I'm gonna be the only one that will ever say that. I, I think you are the only one that's ever that's ever said that. <laughs> um, but I but you know um, I grew up like buying Mike Patton's avant garde like vocal records. You know, just like the noise. stuff that you did over in like Italy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. All of his all of like the Ipecac stuff. I I was you know I I grew up on the Melvins. I grew up on. Just loving Faith No More, Tomahawk, Phantomos, all of those things that kind of went hand in hand with this like strange rock scene that, you know, right. when I was when I was younger, discovering it, I felt like I I had found a band that nobody had ever heard before, you know. Um, so, I mean, to me, that definitely like that Fritz the Dog was actually the first the first thing we recorded really um vocally yeah it was the, it was the first the, it was kind of a way to get all of the whimsical things that i would like to do just laughing maybe stoned you know on record <laughs> that that may or may not be cool to anyone but me but it was just kind of a way to clear the room you know clear the air because i knew that song was going to be a silly like like not not so much silly but just like like the subject matter and it was so drunken you know and like um i i think vocally i had to play a character more so than being myself which is you know I, i'd say that a lot of a lot of our records have a couple of songs where i'm not i'm not talking from my own point of view you know i've, I've created a character a character to to speak through um Fritz the dog being one of them um and yeah it was it was it was definitely Mike Patton Tom Waits influence for me just like the storytelling idea of like you know a nonsensical song that could be used for so many ideas you know like so many different ways to interpret that I guess you know just like this kind of keep like I don't know the song itself, like the the swagger behind the song, right? You know the 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 way that the 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 melody of the guitars just kind of have this like drunken stumbling home kind of vibe, and it's and very, to me, it, I was gonna say it's very vaudevillian or vaudeville, yeah, yeah, like uh, Vaude, vaudevillian. Yes, that's the word. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> it, um, it, it fits. <laughs> I like it. That's the, that's the name of the new He Is Legend record. There we go. Vaudevillian. Um, yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, that one in particular, I think was just to kind of clear out my mental cobwebs for this, you know, the rest of the album, which, you know, was, it was, it was a far out experience, but yeah, Fritz was more about, you know, to, to just not even metaphorically, it's about a dog who doesn't who's not going to let you touch him, you know, like, right. But that's, that's, that's where that was kind of like, could have been very silly. It was just, you know, lyrically it was whimsical. And, and I knew that that was one of the songs that I could do like in a, in an hour, you know, just because that kind of vocal stylings and like, you know, those, those pros are just there and ready to jump out at the music, you know? So things like that, Whereas like, you know, other songs are way harder for me and would, would take me like, you know, hours to do um, a song like that, that I was like, actually really excited about getting in and, and jamming that. It was like, 
you know, it just kind of came, came really quickly because I knew it was going to be silly, you know, and it was, it's one of those ones where, you know, when our engineers in the, in the booth and he's just kind of laughing at what I'm doing, it's like, I know, I know that I'm doing it right, I guess. Would there ever be a, a point where maybe you, as the, he is legend entity would do like a, a concept record where maybe you get to explore something like that more lyrically and vocally? Yeah. I mean, I think we always toy around with that idea. Um, but then I, I lyrically, I, I assume that I, I let my my guard down in the studio a lot and try to, you know, have emotive responses to, to the music. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if I think we're, we've, we've already started writing for a new record. So I, I think that the possibility of, of doing something like that um, is greater now because of how well this all went over you know so um and i think the stylings and and things like that like i mean could be a short ep or whatnot um but yeah i mean i would love to i would love to to fool around with something like that just because it you know it's it's fun to write as a as someone you're not you know and to and to get give have that freedom um, unlimited to, to, you know, where you can go musically. Um, it would take us all being on the same page and, and it would take, I think more preparation than, than we like to do for our records, you know, because there's a bit of unfolding, you know, like, right. like lo- Lotus style unfolding of the way we, we make our music. So, um, this would be in order to do a concept record, I think we would have to maybe work in reverse and, and do vocals first or at least like you know have everything written and stylized i guess um which is it would be a, a nice challenge for he is legend for sure uh kind of wrapping up on uh fritz the dog um something i noticed at the very end of it is a there's almost like the, a hint or like an homage to money by pink floyd and kind of speaking more of like the, the concept recordy kind of thing and out there Live yeah. with the like the delay tremolo part that's going on very faintly in the background. Um, yeah, was anyone else really aware of that, or is it just and was it intentional to kind of fit the the vibe also as well of just kind of being whimsical, as you said? Yeah, I think I think that kind of well that song kind of turns on the like the heaviness of the of the end of the album, you know? Right. Um, so it's sort of like a like you know turning on the machine of like this 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 song that you know it, it it to me it sounds like the album gets gets slowly more possessed by you know whatever the the concept would be if there was one right but you know the the music itself just ends up taking on this like heavier harder edge after that song and and i mean not not even saying like aggressively in sound but the subject matter and the you know just just getting to the end through that after that song is i feel like it's a it's a uphill trudge you know like it sounds like a it it just kind of sounds like war ready you know yeah because i was gonna say it goes into uh the vampire and then uh the garden um which are definitely two really heavy lyrically and musically ways to end end on the record Um, yeah what speaking of the garden 
Clocking in at a little, just over six minutes. What's it like to, were you guys looking really to, to write a definitive like album closer, kind of a, a very grandiose like closing gesture on the record to kind of be like, and th- this is for you. Yeah, at the, this like, is, that's something that we, we always have done. Um, we've always written, like we go into this, we don't necessarily know the order of the songs, like when we record them, but we always know what the last song's going to be okay um and so that that kind of just you know we've done it with with all of our records so far i'm hollywood being you know the 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 one that kind of sparked this whole thing off but uh yeah i uh we knew that that was going to be the song that needed uh like a really insane guitar solo you know like a very dimebag daryl guitar solo that we we uh we called out to Dusty from Between the Barry to Me. He did that solo on the end of that song. Oh, awesome! Um, Josh Moore, who used to sing for Beloved, and uh, he sang with Classic Case for a while. He came. He did. He did a small vocal part in the middle of that song. It was kind of just like a North Carolina homage to uh, what is considered like you know a, another chapter in the China White series i guess um but yeah it's uh i thought that was fitting because nobody really got the ideas of china white being peppered throughout heavy fruit um so you know it was funny when when heavy fruit came out and everybody's like why no china white four it was like come on like you can't under like you gotta really you gotta dig can't give it to you Um, all right up front well, you know, and I mean, like the song "Heavy Fruit" is like clearly, like you know, a continuation of that, and and a lot, almost every song kind of has ideas of that on "Heavy Fruit." But the, like you know, being being more upfront about what the garden was about and how it kind of you know captured these characters from you know a reverse angle was something really interesting to me um again playing a character um and in vocal styling and and you know and it just so you know i i felt like that song was i was the i didn't like it at first like you know really? when i was listened back to my vocals like i i felt like i had not ruined the song but i felt like what like the vocal melodies were just so strange to me it was like hard for me to listen to um and i'm not the kind to go back and like really jam our records that much after i've recorded them i just you know i get that kind of you know like grit in my head where i'm not into the the song as much you know or 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 like not into hearing my own voice i guess right um but but yeah that that song was weird for me for a minute where I was just like, ah, I don't know if I like this, but it definitely grew on me after I heard, you know, the, the solo and, and, you know, well, once everything was mixed and mastered, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is different, but it's cool. You know, speaking of being different with the, and I kind of already hit on this a little bit ago um, with the different stylings of everything, do you find it to be more liberating or taxing to, to kind of, be given the freedom to kind of approach the vocals in a wide variety of manners. Um, 
I've, I think it's, uh, it's pretty liberating for me. I don't, I don't go in with like a, I try not to go in with like a chip on my shoulder. I just usually, you know, what I hear in my head, I try to do it. And if it comes out wrong, then that's sometimes the right melody or the right thing to fit the song. Um, when I'm writing just, you know, at home, listening to demos and, and, you know, going to the rehearsal space and hearing the songs live, like, you know, it's, there's never a part of us where we're like, okay, well, we're going to need to run tracks here. We're going to need to have this backing vocal, you know, do this or that. It's, we're not that kind of band, you know? So it's more like that riff is badass. Like, you know, it's going to go over well live, you know? So, I mean, for me, I think, I just don't ever know what, like, I don't have a direct vocal styling. I don't think I just like do what I do and, and I never really question it. And I haven't, I haven't had the, um, I've had the good fortune of not having anyone in the studio with me while I'm working that would question it, you know? So, um, it is that one more time with feeling like thing that you just kind of have to push in your head and get the right takes but i'm you know i'm i'm confident in in what i do as as the vocalist if he is legend i think that that i've been given freedom from that because we've been doing this for so long and we know what we sound like you know i think that's what few really really is about is the fact that our sound is is kind of set in stone now and that we can we can venture into these little avenues maybe never going back down those avenues again, maybe creating an entire new sound of the band through one said song, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, uh, not, I, I don't, I don't think it's daunting at all. It is very liberating to, to, you know, try new things out vocally because I don't consider myself, you know, the, the best singer out there, you know, like I'm not, I don't, I don't really think that I have like a, this like, you know, well, I'm definitely not trained, you know, unless it's just street training, but um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I do what I do. I, I don't really do vocal warm-ups. I smoke cigarettes and drink coffee and just, you know, and let her rip. And I think that's But I think where it's the... more indicative of that you're actually feeling these things as opposed to trying to overperform them. Yeah, totally. And I've been down that road too, you know I mean? Like, I mean, I've, when we were doing Suck Out the Poison, Tooth and Nail sent me to like one vocal lesson with some guy who like worked with Bjork and shit. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I was so into Bjork at the time. So that was that was what really sold me. Not so much that you wanted to like learn to take lessons, but maybe just learn how to sound more like Bjork or Bjork-esque. Well, I just wanted to I just wanted to know what it was like to take a vocal lesson because it seemed so strange to me. Um and I mean, obviously I learned a bit from it. Um, I don't know how much you can learn in one lesson, but I also learned that it was like, you know, it's 99% confidence, you know? So if you, if you know, you can do it, you can do it. Right. And that's just been, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just a, you know, we're not just up there standing still singing, you know, like people like me and Keith and, you know, high energy rock bands and, you know, Chad from Wilson, like, you know, we're, 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 we're entertainers, you know, like, like we have to be on 11 at all times. And it's, it, you know, it's a show. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's the same old song and dance for a lot of us, but 
it's it's you know it's this thing that we've all created our carved out our own little niche and and you know that's that comes first i think you know the the entertainment value of of a he is legend show is you know it's it's uh i don't think it's taking away from the vocal stylings or whatever but it, it you know it's it's definitely a high energy rock show and um with some, you know, moody sexuality or whatnot, you know, peppered in, but it's, it's something that we've done forever. And like you said, like bands that we, you know, our cohorts, I would say, or our, you know, you know, in the caravan of life, like this, this is what we do. And we do this because we love it. That's, you know, I think that's, that should come across on record more so than anything else. Yeah. Um, and now a plane's gonna come overhead, so yeah, that's fine. I'll wait for that to just subside for a second. Actually, I'll just take this time to also say when we're finished, like, I usually like to talk to the person when we're done. So when I say, like, I'm done, like, I'm not actually done, yeah, okay. Cool. All right, <laughs> um, speaking of every time I die, I'm in an every time I die close Facebook group, and the new, the new songs have actually been getting a lot of uh love in the Facebook group and a lot of chatter uh, in it. Um, I made a mention to the group that I was going to do this with you later today and asked, uh, polled if anyone wanted a question to ask. And the cool. only one that I thought was actually kind of cool, just because it speaks to the band's past more so than the future right now, uh, John Groover, if I'm pronouncing that name right, uh, asked, will you be releasing I Am Hollywood or uh, Suck Out the Poison on vinyl ever? Uh, yeah, we we have been trying to, to have that. Um, released from Tooth and Nail. Um, Is that where they initially uh, were they on the masters? Yeah, and and it's a more difficult process now that they've kind of um, gone straight to Capital Music Group. So, um, without getting into too much detail about like you know the red tape that's involved and stuff like that, I think it's it it is going to happen, and we want it to happen, but it's going to take more than are like what we can do at this moment, you know? Um, but yeah, the, the ball is rolling. It's just rolling very slowly uphill, um, in order to have that happen. But yeah, that's, that's cool that there, that, that group has been given, given the song some love. Cause I mean, you know, I have a, I have a personal relationship with those dudes. Um, just got to see them in Texas a couple weeks back and it was bittersweet cause we had to leave really quick. And, you oh, know, me and, me and, me and Keith have been really good friends. I actually, when I when I filled in for Maylene, we were on tour together like around Christmas time, and we just we bonded really hard, all of us, over you know being away from home for the holidays, and and you know we we got into a bus accident on that tour, so there was, you know, we kind of had a, a meld of of friendship, and it's just like, you know, watching them at South by So What, it was it was so incredible. I was so proud of those dudes just to watch them just just slay like better than I've seen them. It ages. They're on, an, and they are one of those bands that just somehow gets tighter and better as they keep going. Which somehow is an anomaly since they always have been tight and amazing live. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's just it's just such a great thing to see. Cause, I mean, you know, I mean, the last time that I saw them, I saw them in my hometown, and it was great. It was great to see them, but they were just on a on a big stage. You know, I, I went from seeing them in Europe every day when I was with Maylene you know, at like small punk clubs and just like, you know, thrashing so hard 
to watching them headline this stage at this festival a couple weeks ago and just really like the amount of that's like they're true fucking rock stars you know i mean and i i I admire those dudes i love them with all my heart like that's they're they're such a good band and and they deserve everything that they that they have coming to them for sure it's it's just a great thing to watch Um, because we've known each other for a fucking long time i mean i've known daniel davison their new drummer i guess newest drummer he's been in for a while now but I've known Daniel since we were like 14 years old, you know. Oh wow! Um, so watching this all kind of come full circle and like finding this this amazing home for for what he does, I've all he's always been one of my favorite drummers, and um, you know, and just having a a true like you know common kinship with Keith and and Andy and Jordan, just like you know, it's it's great to watch them thrive and and to to kind of see them at their prime right now. I, I really do think they're they're in their prime, you know, playing 20 some songs, yeah. thrashing so hard and fast. It's just, it's a, it's inspiring. It really is. Um, and I don't get, I don't get inspired by much heavy music. <laughs> you know? As I, I say, really it typically seems you know, that when you're, when you're in it, you tend to uh, get out of whatever it is that you see nightly. So you're yeah. usually like, Oh, I'm going to listen to, like you said, Bjork or something a lot more chill. Like ironically enough, like lately, like I've been digging the new Chris Stapleton record. Really, you're big I into, that. it's country in the sense of like it reminds me and i say it, it reminds me like i'm fucking 80 years old but it reminds me of like when my great or like when my grandfather would play like conway twitty or like yeah you know like hank chris, Williams, like chris Stuart, stapleton chris stapleton the record that he put out uh we're in 2017 so 2015 i think is it's called traveler okay, okay. um it's on it it's I'm on it so fucking sure. good. Like I just picked up on record, and then he's coming around here, and I, I put in to do the show review, and my editor was like, "Country," and I was like, "I cover the Aaron Lewis show," and I was like, "So I'm good to cover some country." Yeah. And uh, apparently, he just announced he's putting out like a double two records this year. So like I'm Hell yeah. stoked. It's good. Like whiskey drinking, sit around, put it on a record. That's right. Just That's all I'm gonna do today, man. This Saturday, it's getting gloomy out here. I'm ready for it. So my yeah, host, I'll definitely check that out for, for sure. sure. Um. I was going to say, my because like, you kind of have talked about your time in Maylene, and so I kind of wanted to, I was going to skirt around it and feel yeah. out and see how you were going to feel about it, but. Worst decision I've ever made, but I wouldn't, I would, you know, I wouldn't do it again. You would but... not, not even if they were to do like a, ask you to do like a reunion show to help kind of offset some of these medical bills that Dallas has incurred? I mean, I would, yeah, that, that definitely, I, I would, I would, I would do something like that. I would. I would never front a band opening a bill all, uh, throughout the world. Like, you know, especially looking back at it now, it was like, I, to me, it seemed like it was going to be something more grandiose than it was. Like, I, I thought kids were going to be like, holy shit, like these two bands that are, you know, friends and they're similar and he's going to help, you know, help out his friend. And yeah, you know, but. I did not take into account that in Germany that means fuck all, you know. <laughs> and the fact that I that I have a beard and long hair, and people just think I'm Dallas at the at that moment. It was just like, okay, well, this is this is really, you know, this is crazy. Um, did you get a lot of that? I mean, there I are obviously of, similarities in your your facial appearances, but right, I feel like it I would mean, have been you well know, known. there were there were people. There were people that came out that were, it wasn't that well known, you know, it wasn't really like, 
wasn't really spoken of too much. Um, there was a lot of strain because, you know, when, when we took Maylene out on our, our first real headlining run and uh, the dudes that were in Maylene when I filled in for them were not the same dudes that were in the band when, when we went out with them. Right. So the only person that I knew was the merch guy who's a dear <laughs> friend of mine. Um, and that was like incentive to go. And then, you know, meeting the guys, rehearsing with them, I was like, this is cool. You know, I, I'm not doing anything at this moment. It was right after we took our hiatus. So, um, and it's, it was cool for what it was worth. It was just not, you know, like there, it wasn't like he is legend fans coming out to see this unique performance. It was people coming to see Lacuna Coil who were like, Who's this fucking silly Southern <laughs> rock band? And I, you know, and you guys don't play the backing tracks, right? And I, and well, also, I was, you know, like I, I did it my own way. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't trying to to sing like Dallas Taylor. I was I was doing my thing to to their songs. So I I, I mean, obviously, I had a blast. It was a grueling tour. It was actually two tours. We did the Rockstar Energy Tour in Europe, um, and we did uh, All That Remains and Lacuna Coil and Chimera, I think. I think man. it was Chimera. And I us. missed that, man. I mean, just to... Yeah, right? They were, they were fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it was, a, it was a big tour, but we were the first band, like, usually playing at Doors. Um, I have never understood just, that. It, well... You know, it's playing while the doors big. are opening, like that sucks. Yeah, doors are opening. You're making a hundred bucks. Like you know, you're you're literally eating shit. Like I mean, it's just bad. But so I mean, but but then again, like when we were in Europe, we were kicking it with Kill Switch and Every Time I Die and In Flames every night. So it was just like you know, it was a nice thing to be able to hang out with my friends. But also, I was like skirting off to play the show and then going back and like going into their dressing room, you know, and kicking it with them more. Um, it just seemed like I just, I wouldn't recommend anyone fill in on vocals for any band, you know, like I just think it's a hard thing to do. You know I mean? Any other position can, I think can work out well, but a vocalist is just, you know, it's a, it's a special kind of thing. And unless you're like the new vocalist, filling in is just it's it's difficult man i mean it's it's really i did it once for dead poetic when i was very young i did it maybe maybe like two shows and even that was just like that was very strange and i don't know i just it's just not for me you know um don't i don't know if i would do it again um in that grand scale but yeah i mean i mean to help out for sure i would i would you know i would do that in a heartbeat but I've almost yeah, been waiting I, to see that pop up somewhere on like the PRP or whatever, and it'd be like right. you know, that you're doing a one-off show with them again, and all proceeds go to benefit, you know, Dallas's recovery process and all that stuff. Right. So I mean that 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 is actually a good idea. I mean, I've I've, I've heard he's doing a bit better. Um, yeah, he just did a podcast with the bad the Emory dudes. They do a bad Christian podcast. Oh and yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah. It was really emotionally taxing to listen to it because of how emotionally he kind of gets recounting a lot of the stuff he's been going through uh, yeah. in the last few months or the last like nine months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy, man. Cause I mean, we were out not, you know, too terribly long before that. So, 
Um, I mean, I, I, I wish him well, for sure. I'm hoping he's, he's on the mend. Seems to be. Um, so what can we look forward to in the next year from you, from the He Is Legend camp? I assume just lots and lots of touring? Lots and lots of touring. I mean, let's hope we can work out a, a big tour with Every Time I Die, just, just because that's never happened either. Um, obviously, we want to do, do support tours. Um, I, we're toying around with the idea of doing a, a headlining run maybe when we get back to Europe, but um, really playing our cards. We've got a bunch of festivals coming up in the fall. Um, doing the overseas festival runs? I would assume. Um, we're doing, yeah, like, uh, I think it's like Rock on the Range and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Maybe. Um, I can't remember all of them. I mean, those. <laughs> I'm those, sure. I just, you know, I get out of the van and I'm just like, where am, where are we today? I like right. to not look. You know, I like to not know. But, yeah, I mean, we'll be in Europe. Um, we'll be in Europe the day the album drops. We're in Hamburg, Germany. <clears throat> the day after that, we play Graz Rock with the Deftones and Thrice and Under Oath. Um, I'm excited so to see them be, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's going to be really killer. Um, Deftones being, you know, one of our all-time favorites. Um, so that'll be really nice. And we're over there for about, you know, right at three weeks. Come home to something else, just grinding, you know, supporting the record. And uh, lastly, socials. Where can uh, where can everyone find you guys or you specifically if you want to plug your own stuff? Yeah, um, we're the band is he is legend NC. That's on Twitter and Instagram. NC as in North Carolina, um, and mine is crucial dude <laughs> at at Twitter and Instagram. Um, I don't have a Facebook. Uh, I know that's a common misconception because someone has a Facebook that's supposed to be me, but that is not me. Um, that's yeah, so the weird. Band, that's such a weird yeah. thing that people do, <laughs> especially when yeah, in these mediums where you can be like, "That's not me." So it's like, then why continue the charade of it being right. you? I actually had a, a story. Well, it's not a story. I mean, it's it's what actually happened. But when I first, you know, in the MySpace days, when we were first touring, there was a kid who was pretending to be me um, on a MySpace and created like a fake aim account and was talking to this B actress from Hollywood <laughs> that um, they had, they had made plans to go see Motley Crue in North Carolina. Um, all unbeknownst to me, I noticed that this, this woman had, had posted comments on the, he is legend, MySpace page on pictures of me and, you know, me being just a young young strapping young lad i was you know I was like who are you and and then this all unfolds to where this kid was was taking you know like coming to shows like he came to a show at soma in san diego next day all of his pictures have changed to like candid shots of me like wandering around like he was just like taking photos of me so fucked like, up. like fucking yeah smoking <laughs> cigarettes and shit and like you know, they all changed to that day's picture. So like, I like created a ruse to kind of tell this dude like, hey, you know, I'm dating Rachel now. Like, you, what are you gonna do about that? Like, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you catfish the catfisher. Yeah, I catfish the catfisher, and then but he ends up going to this girl's house 
Oh, shit. And like sitting on her front, like on her car with a notebook, and she calls me out of the blue because we had like developed a relationship just out of trying to like to get this guy, you know, get right. him, nab him. Right. Um, and so he like ends up at her house and breaks in through the back door. And he's like, it's Skylar, it's Skylar. And she's like, I know Skylar. He lives in North Carolina. What are you talking about? And then come to find out, I had heard, you know, putting this all together, I had heard from other bands that they had been meeting this guy in L.A. that was playing I Am Hollywood before it came out. Like, he must have got a leaked copy or something. And was playing it for people, for other bands. Like, yeah, this is my band. My name's Skylar. Da, da, da. Singing over the songs. Like, total whack job and yeah he he, uh her neighbor saw him break in and then came and like tackled him and (laughs) he got like a restraining order or whatever um and never heard another word about it he never met the girl never never fucking heard another word about it it was just like this crazy true crime (laughs) shit that just like came out of nowhere That's but so yeah, I was, I was I was trolling him really hard on like aim, you know, just being like, he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, dude. Like, what are you doing? You're ruining my relationship. I was like, you're pretending to be me. You've right. created a relationship that I can just jump right into. It was <laughs> probably not the best move. Now thinking about all the you know the crazy people out there in the world, but at that at the time it was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. That it's is like really a Seinfeld weird. moment. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you want to talk about people like pretending to be people. That was the ultimate, the pen ultimate of that whole situation. He got catfished before it had his term. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, I should have wrote that movie. It's really fucked. It's you really got catfished funny. by a dude. Yeah, I was going to say my wife is whenever we catch an episode, if someone's like, oh, we fell in love on MySpace, she goes, it's the real person because like that's too far. Like no one's carrying that ruse like from different yeah. platforms across. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. we started on MySpace, now we're on Facebook, now we're on this. It's like, if you started on MySpace, it probably really is that person. <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't realize that you could like fuck around and create fake profiles. So Or like, the yeah, it's like, it's like, if you started on MySpace, you're probably you probably never deleted that account. Like you no, still have that. I still have. You mine. go back and you, you go back and check it every now and then. You know, I had some good writing. Yeah, I did. I, was... I, 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 I did too, man. And, I, and and that was one of the things that I really I really Oops. missed about uh, when I deleted my Facebook and my MySpace account. Like I didn't save any of those blog entries or whatever. And I'm I'm I wish that those were still in existence, but. Um, and all the photos I lost off of, off of yep. my, my Facebook, that was a bummer, but it, it needed to be done. I was getting, I was getting too agitated by, you know, knowing what my mom ate or my, you know, what kind of, <laughs> like what my dog looked like that day. Like, you know, was getting too much. Right. Well, that's a great plug for your <laughs> socials in general. <laughs> yeah. Find me on Twitter tweeting like once a month saying like, like, I found my screwdriver. Way to go. Or like, you know, like, like I'm in Peoria. Come you, see me. I, you have to play dig when you're in Peoria. Yeah, right. I mean, I did when I went totally. to go see the Wilson dudes. As soon as we hit the sign, I played dig. And I was like, I have to. <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. So that was my talk with Skyler of He Is Legend. Lots of cool stories about their new record, Few, getting ready to come out on Friday when this posts originally. I've had the record for a couple of weeks now, and it's definitely a, a solid... I would say rock album, but it's a little bit more than that. There's a little bit of bluesy material. Um, there's the song Fritz the Cat, which kind of comes out of left field and 
kind of goes down like a vaudevillian style, something akin that you would find maybe on a Panic at the Disco first record, uh, as far as kind of like the, the lyrical content and a little bit of the musical vibe. It's got a little bit of something for everyone if you like rock music, so uh, again, that's coming out on the uh, 28th of April, and if you would like to pre-order it, you still have time as of when this is going to be posted. Uh, not much time, but you can get the physical pre-orders over at heislegend.merchnow.com. Uh, otherwise, the record will be available digitally, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. So wherever, you know, whichever method you prefer, it should be there Friday when you wake up. They should be over in Europe on the 28th, uh, starting their European tour for three weeks. Uh, it just was actually announced in June that they're going to be opening up for August Burns Red on their uh, Messenger's 10-year anniversary shows. Those are basically only in the North Carolina area in Asheville, Charlotte, and Charleston. Uh, June 9th, 10th, and 11th, uh, corresponding dates for those shows. With this new record, there's going to be lots of touring going around, so should be able to catch you as legend in a town near you very soon. And after seeing them with the Norma Jean guys uh, when they rolled through town, definitely would say go to check them out, and hopefully they'll be playing more material off this new record as it's uh, it's all really solid. Really hope Skylar's able to do maybe a one-off with the Maylene and the Sons of Disaster camp. If you're not aware of what's happened with Dallas, their, their singer... He was in a real bad accident, has incurred a lot of medical debt. Um, there still is a GoFundMe, which I will link to in the show notes. It's still up, I just checked that. So there's still a GoFundMe going for that. Uh, a lot of these musicians don't have insurance, or, or if they do have insurance, it's not going to cover uh, something as severe as what Dallas has gone through. You heard me talk about the Bad Christian podcast earlier. If you, I'll link that as well, just because that's a very interesting look at what Dallas has gone through and... Uh, how he's still alive and kind of able to have a little bit of humor about it all and uh, in the face of such a adversities that he's gone through so uh, I'll link that as well in the uh, the show notes like I said maybe we can there'll be one-off show with uh, Skylar filling in for Maylene and people can go to that and help donate some extra money to, to Dallas uh, as seen with uh, some of these benefit shows for like the Ghost Inside and some of these other kinds of bands we can see that you know the scene supporting itself and each other uh, really goes a long way and it really does help uh, those who are in need so keep an eye out for that hopefully that ends up uh, being something that happens this year lastly socials you can follow He Is Legend across all their social networks uh, at He Is Legend NC as in North Carolina uh, you can follow me over at Facebook and Instagram at John's Untitled Podcast. Uh, you can tweet me, John's Untitled Pod, or you can email me, John's Untitled Pod at gmail.com. Uh, that's J O N S, no H. And like we always do, we're going to end this album with a song off the new record. This was a single that was already released. It was the second single off the record. Uh, the song is called Sand. I really enjoyed the riffs on this and the. Vocal melodies going into the chorus is one of the strongest ones on the record and an obvious reason as to why it was picked as one of the first uh, first singles for this record. I think it sets a good tone for the rest of the record. So without further ado, here is Sand. See you next week.
content for you. I actually started a YouTube video. Uh, so you can find me over at John's Untitled Podcast over on YouTube, and you can see the video of this actual episode of Skylar and I talking. So if you want to head over there, check it out.